Hello and welcome to the best of my tunes 2023. And what a year it has been. I'm Mark Tiley. This feature has become, well, it's one of my personal passions because not only do I love meeting and talking to the people involved, but I love trying to work out what sort of music they're going to choose for their four tracks. So welcome to the best of my tunes 2023. Mark Tiley, the nation's station, men's I'm delighted to be in the presence of Sir Miles Walker, CBE, who has got an awful lot to say about the Isle of Man because he did a lot and still does here and now. Sir Miles, thank you for joining us on my tunes. It's a pleasure. It's a real pleasure. Obviously, I should just state, born and bred here and a family that goes back a long way. Yes, my grandmother, my father's family, came over in 1920 when my granny Walker um, inherited Bell Abbey from a relation. My grandmother Walker, who was a McCall before she married, her great-great-great-grandfather was a vicar at Santon. And the vicar in Santon had a sister. And uh, they had a visit from somebody across the water who fell for the sister, took her away to (laughs) England. And my grandmother was one of the proceeds of that. So So she came home connections to that lovely old vicarage up there yes absolutely fabulous building yes yes and santon church is quite a special place as well it certainly is um it? out there and i suppose in the 17 early 1800s um it would have been quite a um a lonely place apart from those who worked on the land speaking of working on the land that was uh, your beginnings living on a farm Yes, absolutely. I mean, Bell Abbey was developing when I left school into um, a dairy farm and uh, we're expanding the milk rounds. My father and his brothers, uh, Walker Brothers Limited, started the dairy at Bell Abbey. And uh, when I left school, my advice from the careers uh, people were, if you want to make anything of your life, young man, you've got to go to England. So I went, I got a job on a farm over there, two farms, then went to agricultural college. And in 1960, came back to the Isle of Man for a holiday. My dad happened to break some bones in his foot. He couldn't then work. I slotted into his space and the rest of the say is history. You mentioned that advice uh, to get off the Isle Mm. of Man. There was a lot of that sort of attitude about at that time because we weren't where we are now with careers options for young people by any means, were we? No, we, we weren't. I mean, we had a, an agricultural industry which was employing in those days quite a lot of people. We had a tourist industry which in the summer was busy, busy, busy and in the winter time, more months in the winter than the summer, of course, absolutely quiet and no, no out-of-season Uh, visitors Um, and we had fishing and uh, a lot of people were employed in the fishing industry uh, both on land and and at sea Uh, but that was about it that was about it tomorrow on this spot I'd like to talk about you becoming our first chief minister because it was a a remarkable piece of the Manx history if we look at it as a jigsaw it's a piece right in the center of changing things as to how we do business here but for for now I want to stay quite a way back for your first musical choice 
Yes, and that choice is uh, an Elvis Presley record. I think one of his first, but I'm not certain what order they came in. But Blue Suede Shoes. And for any particular reason? Well, I went to Castle Russian High School, and Harry Pickard was our music teacher. And uh, I didn't have much music ability at all, along with a number of others in the class. And he invited us to bring records in one day to play and then explain why we liked them. And John Nelson, who became one of the Phantoms, was in our form, and he brought this one by Elvis Presley, Blue Suede Shoes. And we spent the rest of that lesson being told what a load of rubbish it was. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that, that, that modern music, modern in those days, um, middle 1950s, I suppose, would never do anything for the world, and we should forget about it. And uh, we spent a whole lesson talking about... Elvis Presley and others, and it oh. uh, was quite quite fascinating. The whole rock and roll <clears throat> thing always fascinates me because fifties and sixties, when mm. when it was all happening, I don't think even uh, a lot of the young people thought it might last that long. That we're still talking about it and mm. very comfortable in playing Elvis Presley's Blue Suede Shoes in twenty twenty three. Wonderful. <laughs> well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and I go, can't go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. Well, you can do anything but take me over my blue suede shoe. Well, you can knock me down, step in my face, slander my name all over the place. Well, do anything that you want to do, but not, uh, honey, lay off of them shoes, and don't you. Step on my blue suede shoe. Well, you can do anything but take me over my blue suede shoes. Let's go, Ken. Steal my car, drink my liquor from an old fruit jar. Well, do anything that you wanna do, but uh, uh, honey, lay off of my shoes and don't you step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything but take me over my blue suede shoes. Rock it! the money, two for the show, three to get ready, now go, 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 but don't you step on my blue suede shoe, well you can do anything but the hell for my blue suede shoe, well it's blue, blue, blue suede shoes, blue, blue, blue suede shoes, yeah, blue, blue, blue suede shoes, baby, blue, blue, blue suede shoes, well you can do anything but the hell for my blue suede shoes. Ruby Bisco Taylor. Good morning. How are you? Well, I'm fine, and I'm delighted that we've got you in because we we had planned to do this a while ago. Then I went away, and you went away. Yes. But, but here we are. Here we are. Thank you for Ruby, having me. Well, thank you for coming along, Ruby. You may well have seen solo. You may well have seen her in a band. We're going to talk about all of that and more. But I want to go right back to a very young Ruby. 
When did you first pick up the ukulele? Okay, um, I was, I think, 14 years old. Oh, right. Um, so I'd already been playing a bit of piano, playing a bit of guitar, and then I heard a band where the lead in the band plays ukulele, and I'd never heard it played like that. You know, before it was all kind of kitschy, and you see it on kind of Hawaiian ads and that kind of thing, and it was, it was right, I think, at the time when ukulele started becoming a popular instrument again and um, it was a band called Beirut and that made me pick up the ukulele and as soon as I did it's the only thing I've played since basically. You are so right it was in the doldrums for years and years and years and then at that time you mentioned boom. Yeah suddenly it's everywhere. Indeed there was a ukulele there still is the ukulele orchestra. Yeah they're brilliant. (laughs) I mean what a nice thing to tour with where do you put your instruments just in the overhead locker? Easy peasy (laughs) oh seriously it's the nicest instrument ever I can just throw it on my back it's light it's portable I once dropped it down the side of a train. (laughs) What a moving train? (laughs) Luckily not a moving train it was a stationary train but you know how they always say mind the gap yeah slipped right off my shoulder between the train and the platform. Did you get it back? I did thank god. Oh thank goodness. (laughs) So that was sort of early teens, but you had been playing guitar and piano before. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So which one started you off? Um, Piano. Okay, Yeah. and lessons and everything? Yes, yes, I I got up to grade eight. Yeah, (laughs) not played much since, though. For those of you that don't know, that's good. That that is very, (laughs) very good. Was good. Yeah, well, I think, well, you know, they must come back, is it? I tried. It's going to take a little bit of practice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, born in Cambridge, we were just talking earlier, came to the Isle of Man of four. Do you remember arriving or is it all a bit hazy? Not really, no. My nana lived over here and my mum's sister, my auntie. So I do remember trips on the ferry when I was very young and feeling very, very ill. So uh, I don't know if that was the move or just earlier visits but I definitely have that memory um, but we moved to Port Erin so I think that was just paradise at that age you know you had the beach and the summer we moved in August so it was a beautiful place to be I don't mean to offend anybody else around the Isle of Man but it is my favourite beach it's on the, the best oh, beach I don't so think there's good. any arguing really it's sandy <laughs> it's lovely for kids it's nice and shallow yeah it's... and you know what at that time they still had the um, the deck chairs so you could just pick up a deck chair in the morning so I'd go down with my mates and we'd I think we'd be there about 8 in the morning reserve some deck chairs get some sweets and that'd be us for the day beautiful <laughs> so really there was no feeling of homesickness or maybe I need to go back somewhere because you you really grew up here yeah yeah that's yeah. right yeah I have very little memories of Cambridge yeah. really well there we go Port Erin's gain <laughs> was you. the Fens loss <laughs> you see today's song we'll move on to today's song because you I, I'm I don't think you and I are alone at thinking that this is one of the very very best pop songs ever definitely tell me why you've chosen it um so the band is the Renettes and I became obsessed with them when I was at uni. Obviously, I knew Be My Baby, because that's probably their biggest song, but I had a band, and my guitarist said, oh, this song that you've written sounds a little bit like the Renettes, and I was like, oh, I'm not that familiar with them. And he says, oh, my God, how can you not? So, you know, big faux pas on my part, but he said, listen to this song, because it's the best and I agree with him so it makes me think of him it makes me think of making music uh, at uni and it's just a fantastic pop song perfect we'll play it right now day one track one the Ronettes and baby I love you 
Bez, my guest on MyTunes all this week. A dancer of fame, even so famous you got somebody chucked off Strictly. Well, you reckon. That's <laughs> what you said. That's what you said. Oh, we've talked about an awful lot of things, but I need to talk about the Happy Mondays. When you got started with Sean and the guys, did you did you just think this is crazy? Well, you know what? Because um, it wasn't anything that was ever planned, you know what I mean? It was it's total... No, uh, being in the right place at the right side. The Happy Mondays was supporting New Order, who was uh, do, doing uh, a couple of tunes for the Tube. And I, I ended up having to jump on stage with Sean for, for moral support. I've never actually looked back, you know what I mean? I've been on stage ever since. And on the way onto the stage, I grabbed a, a pair of maracas. And that's when me, me and the maracas became known as a kind of as one we I've known from the Miracle Shaky, the complete story. If you want to turn up on on my evening with in the Isle of Man coming up, when is it coming up? Now? It'll I forgot be, the date. Yeah, thirty first of March. Well, I'm going to be there too, so we're definitely going to tease that one out of you. The whole thing, please, on that on that day. Yeah. There'll also be talk of a book. Bez, tell us about the book. Well, the book's called uh, The Nine Lives of, of a Happy Monday. And uh, obviously, it's called buzzing because um, I have this you no know, this thing going on with 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 the, that word. You know what I mean? I've been told it's a, a, a quite a roller coaster read. If anyone wants to bother reading, I think it's really boring because it's my life. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's anything special going on there. But everyone who's read it said they've really enjoyed it. So yeah, just recently, the, the nine lives. I'm not sure how many I may have left now. Well, I was going to say, you've had a few. I mean, it's been a life of ups and downs. I just want to really finish by saying, are you in a good place now, sir? Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a great place at the moment. With our line of work, the job, you know, the Happy Mondays, we've had our, our fair share of ups and downs. And with, with our job, you know, there's no, there's no job security with it, you know what I mean? So you ain't guaranteed, you know, like... Uh, but at this very moment, I'm not quite sat on the edge of the seat. You know, I'm I'm more I'm more near near the middle at the moment, which is quite 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 nice place to be for you know whilst whilst it lasts. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to see you here on the Isle of Man on the 31st of March in the Villa Marina. Take us out with your final choice of music. What's it going to be? Well, the, the, the next show, because it's, it's so hard picking four tunes, and so, but I decided to go for one of, one of my favourite bands, and the German as well, believe it or oh, not. I. I can't believe that, you know, like, uh, uh, one of the German bands, a German band is one of my favourite bands, you know what I mean? And it's Can and uh, Fitman C. Give us the reason you've chosen this one. I've chose that kind of fitness seats today is because I'm taking high doses of of it at the moment. Fitness C that is <laughs> to help me in my healing process. So I've just thought it, it's a fitting tune for for the, for the moment I'm I'm in at the moment.
Georgie Revel. The Cook Shack? Yes. Wonderful, Chef. She says she learnt it by osmosis. I don't believe a word of that. But anyway, I'm sure some of the French chalet work got in there as well. Recipes in, you know, taking it from the mountains. But I want to talk about your charitable work because you have been involved in many, many wonderful charitable acts. And you were telling me just now, really and truly, that all started with your father. Yes, Mark. Um, my father, Dr. Hugh. Yes. Uh, many of your listeners will remember him. When we came over to the Isle of Man, Dad wanted to get involved with charities, and he became one of the founder members of St. Bridget's Hospice, and he was the first medical director of St. Bridget's Hospice. And um, I think he's always instilled in us, all of us, to do charitable work. I mean, I've been very fortunate in that we've had Ollie, who's autistic, and uh, I obviously then you just fall into it naturally. Now, Ollie, your son, we, we were also saying that the move back out of Cayman was really driven by the fact that facilities there for your son weren't really what you'd expect and you wanted to come back here. Yeah, so Ollie was born in Canada and so was Lydia, his younger sister. And uh, we moved back down to Cayman because we thought it would be easier to get services for Ollie if I went back to work and we could pay um, for some services. So we had a full-time aide who went to school with Ollie, who lived with us. And um, after, I would say, five and a half years of that, there was a lot of stress uh, because I had to charge a tenth of an hour and I couldn't be ill. And Ollie needed an aide to go to school. So we decided to come back to the Isle of Man. And we were very fortunate that when we came back in 2001, there was a one-on-one waiting for Ollie. It was the time when the Alaman government were fairly flush, I suppose. And uh, it's, yeah, it it helped hugely. A lot of stress off our shoulders. And a little further on, Special Olympics came along. Yes. So I've been involved with a number of charities, um, Autism in Man, Project 21, more recently the Heart of Ramsey, hoping to turn the courthouse into a community hub. But Special Olympics was huge. And Ollie swam and he played bool. And uh, I was able to take a year off work and raise a significant amount of money to take uh, to help take the team in 2007 to Shanghai in China. Can I just pick up on another strand, that of Mencap, please? (laughs) Fill me in here. Yes, so I've relieved myself of those other charities and I'm now um, very much involved with Manx Mencap. um, And we've got eight wonderful switched-on directors um, and we've got a fabulous secretary too. And there's so much to do, Mark. I don't even know where to begin. We're lacking huge services for our end users. And so I'm just hoping I can make a difference um, with all the other directors as a board collectively um, and, and move things on. I'm going to throw forward to Christy De Haven's 1 to 3. Christy D, 1 to 3, because I do know that that will be Charity of the Week soon. That's right. Yes, I've just recorded that. So, yeah, very exciting. Right. Let's have another bit of music. Let's get you back into Canada and for your third choice. So my third choice, Mark, is Harvest Moon by uh, Neil Young. Beautiful evening, standing outside our log house, surrounded by trees and big skies and just enjoying the babies when they were young. (laughs) 
My guest all this week on my tunes got a kayak and he set off for Norway uh, via uh, an Air Force bombing range. And <laughs> but still here, still here. Andy North is my guest. Andy, what an adventure that was. I mean, how long did it take you to do that uh, kayaking expedition? I hasten to add, I didn't paddle from uh, Newcastle to Bergen. No. And uh, I got on a ferry with a set of wheels. I wheeled onto the ferry and uh, and wheeled off the other side. And then, uh, yeah, and it took, uh, I was two months heading up the coast. And the first the first week I stayed, I found a little secret beach around the corner of Bergen and I put up my camp there and I went and I knew I had to, I had I didn't have enough money to survive for that time, so I um, I started busking in Bergen, and um, I started with my flute, playing a few jigs and reels, and I wasn't I wasn't getting much, and uh, it it was a really strange thing. What I did get, I suddenly felt compelled to give away. There was people wandering along. It was the time of the Chernobyl disaster, and there was people collecting for that, and I just thought, you know what, you need it more than I did, mm. and. When I gave that away, something strange happened, actually. The, the next day, I brought a ukulele that I was only just learning to play, a harmonica, and sang a sea shanty. And I must have made 40 quid in half an hour. And that, that just blew my mind, that suddenly, after giving it all away, I was suddenly receiving. And I thought, that was really quite profound. It is. It is. It's a, it's a heck of a message. And also, uh, I, I guess to realize that you could generate funds by playing music to people. Yeah, and that, and that was the first time I was just playing an old Pogues song. That was the first time it, it was, you know, it was 1995 and sea shanties weren't trendy. In fact, we're famous now for, we haven't made them trendy, but we were even playing them for, for a while when they weren't yeah. very. But it, it just, I think the sea connects people and, you know, somehow the land kind of divides us all. And, and so... Sea shanties were the original world music where people collected and the sailors were the travellers and they, they collected little bits and pieces and they, you know, and I can just hear in them lots of influences. And they do travel universally. I mean, they're, uh, the sailing fraternity, whether it be, you know, merchant shipping or even sailors for pleasure, there is a connectivity right around the world, without a doubt. You were going, well, you actually looked at the fleet air arm and you fancied rescuing people and all that, but you didn't fancy having to go into sort of battle situations. Are you at heart a pacifist? I mean, it's this is fascinating question. At the time, I I did say no, I won't, uh, I won't kill someone. It's a really hard dilemma, isn't it? I think I think we all have to. You face that in a individual situation at a certain time. So you know, I, I'm not saying I would never. And it was a it was a realization during the process of applying for this. You thought, actually, I don't want to do that. Yeah, well, I, again, the careers guidance is a wonderful thing. They said, oh, if you want to fly air sea rescue, you have to join the fleet air arm, which is part of the navy. But they neglected to mention that you could fly yeah. a Harrier jump jet, and then you're the one with the red missile button. Yeah. And so they just wanted to check, and um, I never gave it a second thought that I might have to do that. Out of all the jobs, <laughs> without going through 50-odd, and without talking about the latest, because that's tomorrow, we're going to talk about the, the, the latest venture tomorrow, can you put them into some sort of order? Let's go for your big top three. 
Do you know? <laughs> that is pretty tough, isn't it? Oh, but, but, but well, uh, out of 50, yeah, it must be. I still really, really enjoy teaching a little bit of music in a, in a kind of subversive way because I'm, you know, like, it's, it's one of those, you know, many people have been put off by music and teaching. So I would say I, I've really enjoyed just helping people find the joy of music so you know that's that's quite heartwarming um the strangest i suppose which always enters lots of other conversations but um i i was paid to be an exorcist and did i enjoy that no but it really opened my mind to something seeing that there's something in the world that maybe doesn't belong Wow, that is uh, that. That was quite a profound experience. And did one... you have to take sort of holy orders for this? No, 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 I had to just do it. Do it. I had to just do it for the sake of a young person. Anna was the question enjoyed most. That was the scariest mm. by a long stretch. When was this, Anna? That was in about two thousand and one, um, and when it worked, uh, I was offered lots of jobs. It did work. It did work. Yeah. Goodness. So you know, but. I've never told. I won't tell you the employer. No. But are they? Um, so that and that was something I, I I walked away from and went. Do you know what? I don't want anything to do with that kind of stuff. This is not Ghostbusters, ladies and gentlemen. This is Andy North. So it was a personal service, and he doesn't want to do it again necessarily. Let's have today's piece of music, please. Uh, today, I think we are doing uh, Rhiannon Giddens beautiful version of Wayfaring Stranger which is just uh, destroying in its beauty I am a poor wayfaring stranger travelling Oh, 
One of the international musical guests who we love having on the programme is Harriet. And earlier this year, she had a new album and a single out. And I was delighted to get her back on Mark Tiley in the morning. Thank you so much, Mark. And thank you. It's, it's, been, um, it's been a long time since we spoke. So I'm really happy to, to be talking to you again. It's awesome. Well, it's just, we just worked out. It's probably nearly eight years since uh, a lot of us picked up on a beautiful song called Maybe This Christmas, which was autobiographical, really, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Absolutely. It's interesting. The outcome, my new album, I feel similarly about this, that often you write songs about something in particular. And then as you live with them over the years and you form them again or maybe record a different version, that kind of thing, they, they end up meaning something else to you and even more. And maybe this Christmas is certainly something that has, over the years, has has the meaning for it has become incredibly significant, yeah. and has has shifted slightly. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like songs; they they're like plants, aren't they? You <laughs> water them, and they grow into something else. Well, it may have been eight years since we last spoke, nearly, but that song has been played every Christmas on this radio station and on many other radio stations right around the world because it still as you say resonates and it does grow every year there's another dimension to it you say well somebody said on your behalf i have a piece of paper in front of me i am an overthinker a people pleaser and a worrier is that all true oh that's me mark yep down to a t that's me absolutely I have been since I was, I mean, my mom tells me stories that when I was a, you know, really tiny little girl and I was, you know, like the weight of the world on my shoulders. And yeah, it's just in me. I mean, I I don't know. I, I care so much about people. I'm very paranoid often about, you know, something that, gosh, you know, something I've said or done that might have had a negative impact on them or upset someone or all of that. And of course, it's it's really good to be that person, but also... It's okay to just be human. A mistake can slip up and, you know, swear. Um, say something to somebody that actually you didn't mean to say, but you were having a terrible day. You know, like if the world will forgive you, they will forgive you. I don't think you can help who you are. I think, I think you just have to, work, you have to work with it, don't you? you? You are who you are and you work with it. Now, very kindly, you're going to be with us all this week for My Tunes, which is the first song. Oh, I've just seen it. We're going to go for a bit of ABBA. Now, tell me why, ABBA. 
I'm a really big ABBA fan, Mark. I love ABBA. I recorded the whole of the outcome, my new album, in Stockholm in Sweden. So I felt that ABBA were in the room with me <laughs> throughout the process. It's a very special place, Sweden, for music. Um, of course, you know, the, the Swedish exports in terms of music is, you know, it's vast, the list. But ABBA are probably the most significant for me and for many people. And the thing that I love about ABBA is the songwriting, the ability that they have to write something which is so, which can be so emotional, often quite sad and melancholy, yet we want to get up and dance to it. That's so many of their songs. And I feel that that really, you know, following on from what we were just speaking about in terms of, you know, how we put, you know, the perception of ourselves, how we come across to other people, you know, putting on a brave face when actually you're feeling terrible, that kind of thing. Actually, I think that's probably why I connect a lot with their music because I am that girl, you know, who will go out, oh, I'm fine, you know, and inside I'm kind of dying because of something or other, you know, and their music just makes me feel like I can, can do anything. You know, I put on one of their tracks and walk down the street and I feel like I'm in a film, I feel like I conquer the world. They have really mastered a feeling in everything that they do. Well, let's have this first one, S.O.S. It's not every day on my tunes I get somebody in the studio who's done national service in Switzerland. <laughs> now, you may think that's a random place to start, but with Martin Brunschweiler, it isn't, because that happened, didn't it, sir? It did, yes. <laughs> Hello, Mark. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Welcome to it. Well, we'll talk about that later. I just thought I'd break the ice with a national serviceman who was uh, younger than me, but didn't do it in Britain. No, did it in Switzerland, for reasons we'll find out. Well, what an adventure. Where did this adventure start for you? Where were you born? I was born in Lancashire. It was uh, my, my, my father was in textiles and that was uh, the reason we were up um, up in that part of the world. But we moved around the country as his job changed, so we were in Suffolk for a little while. I spent a few years uh, just outside London in uh, Buckinghamshire where we were up where until the age of 11 and then we moved back to Lancashire. Um, which is where um, I was until I left school. So the Swiss connection is through where grandparents? My, yes, my father's my father's parents. They, they were the Swiss. They were the proper Swiss. So my father was born in England as well, and uh, yeah. So we've got the surname, but yeah, Swiss. Na but Swiss nationality is one of those. It's it's 
that's they say it's hard to get, but it's very hard to lose it as well. Yeah. <laughs> so how come? I mean, let's let's talk about this then. This you ended up doing national service in Switzerland. How come? Well, I was a chef. That's what I did before uh, before I came to the Isle of Man, and I'd done that for a few years, working in different countries around the world, and I ended up working in Zurich. And the Swiss, they're very uh, efficient, but it was um, a, a couple of days after my 19th birthday, this thing came through the post telling me to come for my medical <laughs> for the National Service. And I, I, I honestly thought it was a mistake. I thought they they were just uh, just sort of sending something out uh, mistakenly. And uh, anyway, I went along for this medical, and uh, at the end I expected to, uh, to sort of explain that because I didn't speak a lot of German, and certainly Swiss-German, is is virtually nothing like normal high German. So um, at the end, I sort of tried to explain, I think there's been a mistake and uh, there'd be a big problem with me not speaking much German. And they just smiled and said, no problem. And stamped my, uh, they stamped my form with infantry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what I had to do, 17 weeks um, of, uh, of the uh, basic training and everything. And I uh, have to say, I hated every minute of it. <laughs> and this presumably because you were dual national. That's right. We are dual nationals. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because our grandparents are Swiss and but, but born in Britain. Yeah. So they're, there we they're are. two countries where, where the nationalities can coexist. Martin is, of course, founder of Bushy's Brewery. And we'll talk a lot about Bushy's over these next four days. But uh, just remind me, when did you come to the Isle of Man? I came, and I honestly thought I was coming for a, a long weekend. Um, it was October 84. Uh, my sister Nikki had been... Um, she'd been running a couple of small places um, around the island, and she took the lease on what became the Bushies Bar. At the time, it was called Givago's, which you know it wasn't there very long, but it was a snapshot. And um, she literally asked if I'd come over for a weekend and make sandwiches for her opening party and I'd just been working in Australia so uh, I had jet lag I'd thought I'd probably be coming back and uh, probably heading back to London to work but um, anyway I was I came over for that weekend and that turned into a uh, well it's next year it'll be 40 years yeah, <laughs> but well. uh, yeah no she asked if I could stay on for a little bit until they got on their feet and I'd done a bit of bar work so I'd yeah I didn't have anything planned so Somehow, yes. It's, there, uh, it will be 40 years. 40 next years year. next year, so amazing. Now, this particular choice, the first choice, goes back even further than that, doesn't it? Talk me through it, Martin. Well, it was when we were living in Buckinghamshire, There was a, and we had a youth, a youth club that we used to go to. I'd have been 10 at the time. So this was the first record I ever bought. It was number one at the time, so I know it's got a sort of strange sound to it, but it was very popular. Yep, and it's uh, David Ansel Collins' uh, Double Barrel. Ah! And the magnificent. I'm back with the shack of a soul, boss, most turning, storming, sound of soul. I am W-O-O-O, and I'm still here. Wicked! 
Just a selection of some of the wonderful guests we had on My Tunes in 2023 here on Mark Tiley in the morning. And I do hope you can join me next year, 2024, when we'll have loads more dropping in each day at 11.30. And thank you for joining me today.